When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Well, it's hard to believe, but the NFL draft is right around the corner later this month. That is going to be the focus of today's podcast and other NFL news. But first, I want to tell you that today's show is brought to you by New Works Plumbing of Sacramento. New Works Plumbing, locally owned for over 20 years, New Works has a fix for you. And if you happen to have a problem in the middle of the night, no problem. New Works will be there for you with their 24-7 service. Whether it's leak detection Water line repair, plumbing repair, bathroom plumbing. New Works has a fix for you. Just go to newworksplumbing.com. That's N-E-W-W-R-X plumbing.com for all of your plumbing needs and repairs. My guest today is somebody I absolutely love talking football, whether it's college or the NFL, and his website is phenomenal. Right now, if you go to LandryFootball.com, your team is on the clock. He breaks it all down. If you want the most knowledge, you want the most information, you want to get ready for the NFL draft, uh, let me tell you something, folks. You need to go to LandryFootball.com. It's a pleasure to have Chris Landry join me once again on the podcast. Hey, Chris, how are you? Grant, it's always a pleasure being on with you. I'm doing well. We're in the stretch run. I can't <laughs> believe we're, I think, 16, 17. I think it's 17 or so days before the draft. Uh, the countdown's on. Uh, there's no offseason anymore. It flies by. I don't, I don't know where the time goes. I'm getting old. Hey, before we talk <laughs> about the draft, the 49ers are in a situation that they probably had no idea that they would be in. And that is, of course, with Jimmy Garoppolo, the off-season shoulder surgery. What do you see as the most likely scenario playing out with the Niners and Garoppolo as we move forward? I think keep them until and let it play out. I think um, unless somebody, you know, at this stage, some, everyone knows what their situation is at quarterback. So, they're not – I don't anticipate them getting an offer prior to the draft that's going to knock their socks off. So I think be patient. Somebody – and there's always – it could go either ways to draft weekend. Team that needs a quarterback may find one in the draft. They may be less likely to look at Jimmy Garoppolo for a trade scenario. Or if they don't find one, they might be more likely. I think if you're patient because of that unique situation, you let it play out. I think that somebody after the draft or even take it into 
training camp, if somebody gets in, injured, it, it increases the value. Look, if somebody makes them a really good offer, they'll move them. But I also think that they recognize that Trey Lance, they've got a really good team, which is a little bit different than some other places that maybe you get a quarterback, the, the team's kind of growing together. This is a really good team that's a that can go to the playoffs. But is Trey Lance ready to be a vital part of that? So I think part of it is they're not just jumping out of their skin to trade Jimmy G. They know they're going to have to at some point, but they'd like to see a little bit more out of Lance before they're comfortable doing it. And they're not going to do it unless they get good value. So I think that's where they are. Patience is the key word there with them. You know, speaking about value, how do you view Baker Mayfield? I think he's a guy that has talent, has starting talent in the league. I think there's been some maturity issues with him. I think he hasn't handled some of the pressurized moments as well with teammates, coaches, what have you. Um, but I think there were limitations to his game. He's probably overdrafted, and when you're drafted that high, much is expected. I still think he can play in the league, be a starter in the league, be a quality starter in the league. But I think the issue is, you know, if, you, if you're if you in a case like Cleveland where you were looking at what you had and taken to that next step, I think they were intoxicated like a lot of people were with Deshaun Watson. But I do think Baker still has another chance in the league. But the, the issue is the price tag is going to have to come down. And obviously, the Browns are not in a leverage situation to get what they want for him. On LandryFootball.com, there was an interesting segment on the New York Jets and their inability right now to attract free agents, and that has been a problem. What do you think is the biggest reason for that? Well, I think there's uh, a little bit of an unknown of where they're headed. They're young, they're rebuilding, but they've been that for a while. I think people recognize the talent of the quarterback, but don't know quite you know, how good. The talent around them is not very good. I, I think when you have, let's just say, the Dolphins or maybe some other teams that have been in the case, whether it's a, um, you know, regardless who maybe the the free agent is out there, I think they lose out if there are multiple people interested because I think expensive place to live, which you know, if you're you're not going to overpay for a player. You don't think that they're going to win anytime soon. And if the money's relatively close, Grant, you tend to want to go with the better situation, um, the better team. As long as the money's close, the Jets have to overpay by quite a bit to entice anybody to, to uh to come aboard. All right, let's talk a little bit about the draft later this month. I mean, this draft's a lot different, isn't it? Because we don't have, you know, the quarterbacks at the very top of the draft. What What is the, the strength of this draft? I think there's some pretty good pass rushers. Um, I, I would say that the very top of the draft is a little bit weak, meaning if you look at the grades on the top of my draft board on Landry football, they're typically where you start to draft guys about the third or fourth or fifth pick. Hmm. It's just you're picking those guys number one now. But here's the the positive. There's a lot of good big men. There's some good defensive linemen. There's some good offensive linemen. There's some good skill position receivers. That's where I think the strength – and I think there's some corners that can play. Those are positions that are going to be a premium in the first round. I think there's some good depth. But, you know, the people that – I hear this, I get this all the time. Well, my team should trade down, folks you got to have somebody willing to move up. So mm-hmm. who are you willing to move up for? So that goes to your point. 
are they not the quarterbacks that are typically at the top of the draft? How quickly are they going to go? No, there's not a, in my opinion, a first-round graded quarterback, but they're going to be three at least going the first round, maybe more. Why? Not enough quarterbacks. We just kind of alluded to that with, with, with talking uh, with, the, with the one or two guys. I just think that guys like Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, and Matt Corral, and Desmond Ritter, and Sam Howell, those guys are going to go definitely within the first two rounds even though their grades not be may not be commensurate with that. Why? It's supply and demand. Like anything, it's supply and demand. And the demand is much greater than the supply. So the chance that you might get in Kenny Pickett, somebody that could be the next Derek Carr, or, you know, somebody that, that might be a player that could be a decent quality starter, Look at the teams in the league that don't have the quality starters, and you realize why they get "quote unquote" overdrafted. And yet, is that even the correct phrase? If you really need one, it's almost in today's world where you're not having to guarantee the big money, and you've got, you know, maybe a fifth year. So if you've got a guy that is a high second round value, you might be better off taking him late first round. You get a fifth year option on his contract. You get an extra year to decide whether you want to keep them or not. I think that makes a whole lot of sense on, you know, why people take them, even though they may flame out. But the chance of them being good is enough. It's intoxicating enough to take it. With the draft two weeks away, though, as, as we speak today, there really is not a consensus number one pick. Could you see two or three guys going number one? Or in your mind, is there that one guy that's just a little bit ahead of everyone else? I think the pick will be Aiden Hutchinson. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that it could be Evan Neal. But I, I would say that I'm about 60% sure that it's going to be Aiden Hutchinson. Uh, that's kind of how I see it. Um, it. Not that it's, like you said, nowhere near consensus. But I think in terms of Hutchinson, you see a little bit of the pulses in him. Maybe not quite the upside. Really good player, you know, is a high-motor guy, does everything right. I, I think there's very little floor for him. I mean, I think the floor is, is pretty high with him. So I kind of see that playing out, but it wouldn't surprise me if it ended up being someone else. Who's the top running back, in your opinion, in this draft? And do you, do you feel that that position continues to be devalued as we go on uh, with each passing year of the way the game is played? I, I think the fact that you've got a number of quality backs that could fit certain roles, those guys are more fungible. You can get them later. Um, but the elite back is the guy that I think is guys that can score touchdowns, big big play feature guys. Those guys I still think have great value. You've got to be really, really good. I don't have a guy with the first-round grade at running back. I think Isaiah Spiller of A&M is very versatile, very underrated in terms of his run skills. Brees Hall at Iowa State's very good. Kenneth Walker at Michigan State, a kid who's transferred from Wake Forest, I think is a good feature back. I think all three of those guys would be really good value, top of the second round, good players, but I wouldn't put them in the first round category. Brian Robinson of Alabama, James Cook of Georgia, um, you know, Rashad White of Arizona State, Jerome Ford of Cincinnati, or some other backs that I think can be good. But 
I think there's more depth, but not a lot of what I would call great elite players at that at that position. You know, I love your website, Getting Ready for the Draft, but what I always like to do, I like to go back and look at drafts three or four years later, and as we talk about, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be what, you know, we, we just talked about Baker Mayfield a couple of moments ago, but you know, when you look at that draft, Baker Mayfield, Saquon Barkley, Sam Darnold, I mean, if the draft were held all over again, those picks would be different. Yeah, they would be, which is why, you know, everybody that gets into, well, well, you know, mock drafts this and who's going to go there. It's not about where they go. I mean, it is, but right. it's about who makes it and how good they can be. It's, I tell people all the time, I I wasn't surprised that Jamarcus Russell was taking one. I just really told Bruce Keppert and, and that laid out Davis that I wouldn't go there if I were you. I knew the kid. I knew. So, I, you know, to me, it's about getting it right. Well, getting it right is not only about taking the player correctly, but building a team around a player is so important. Developing the player and developing the team. Sam Donald has been a disappointment. He's also been on two teams that have not been very good. Now, is he a part of them not being good? Yes. Uh, He is the entire reason? No. And so, again, I can – the Jets are in another situation. They're – do they have, you know, a, a quarterback of the future, or is Zach Wilson going to be the next guy that doesn't have a team around him and he flames out in another two years? So I really think that really that matters a great deal. And yeah, if you look at it, uh, you know, you know, Baker was a guy drafted by John Dorsey that he loved his edge to his game, and he has that. But as we've kind of alluded to, you know, he tends to be um, at times aggressive to the point of making foolish mistakes. And, you know, I think they've done a pretty good job around him with the running game. And, you know, I I, I don't think he's really held up his end of it, which is why they're going in a different direction. You know, what you're talking about last year is a great illustration. Uh, When you look at the quarterback position, I mean, Mac Jones – drops down and he goes to a team that's a good fit for him with a system that fits him and I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson and Trey Lance aren't going to be better than him someday but I mean look he comes into an organization everything is built just perfectly for him and he succeeds no question Mac Jones in Jacksonville with that team not very good Mm -hmm. okay just doesn't look very good and you put them, no disrespect, in Detroit, not going to work out very good. You put them in New England, you're correct, a good team around them. Now, and that, to, to, let's reverse it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, how good can he be? Well, the kid's got a lot of talent, got a lot of ability. Okay, he's going in there second coach. Okay, last year was kind of a wash. It right. was a mess. Now he's got a, a guy that I think can coach him pretty well. Can they stay in the system for a few years? Can they build a team around them? If they do, he can develop and be really good. If they don't do those things, we'll be talking about him. You know what? He's got talent, but he's not very good. I mean, you know, Matthew Stafford had a lot of talent in Detroit, and he did good things at times in Detroit, but he was on a bad team and didn't do a very good job for, you know, you know, rising his team to that next level. But, you know, Matthew Stafford actually played pretty well last year with the Rams, a mm-hmm. good team, good organization. So there you go. I mean, it's 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 about we always think in terms of, hey, this draft, draft this guy. This is the answer. It's it's the launching pad. It's not the end point. It's now. What do you do? How do you develop them? How do you coalesce a team around them? That's what determines who's successful. And then, of course, you know who do you keep on your roster? Who do you let go? 
basically on second contract sometimes. All those things are really integral on to building a team, but the draft is so important because, granted, it's the only place that you can get quality players at a very reasonable price because free agency, it's overpriced because mm-hmm. the market dictates. So you may have a guy that's graded somewhere, you know, 15th, 20th best receiver in the league, maybe a high purple grade, which is a pretty solid starter, make it elite starter money. Why? Because he's the best of the group that's available. Why? Because the best ones are kept within their teams. If you get in that cap situation, you lose the guy. Okay, so Miami pays a guy off the Chiefs a lot of money because the Chiefs couldn't pay everybody all that money. So maybe they've got something. But is he going to be as good there, maybe individually, but as a team? I think all those things are important. The draft is so important to be able to build a good young team, keep the core of your roster, and then filter in with certain bargains and free agency. But growing your own, I think, is still the way to go. And people will say, oh, no, but Landry, look. Look what happened with the Rams, all those free agents. Correct. They hit it. But is it sustainable? And let's not overlook the good players, a lot of the core that was some of it built through the draft, even though the key guys, I mean, Aaron Donald is one of their homegrown guys. Mm-hmm. Now, you sprinkle in Von Miller, you sprinkle in Matthew Stafford, a few other guys, all those things put them over the top. And I think you can do that, but I think you have to have to have your foundation in order to make that work. Listen, we know that teams lose good players every year. As you talk about the cap, you talk about free agency. Could you see the Packers' loss of Devontae Adams being the biggest subtraction of any team in the NFL this year? Oh, I think it. I think it. Uh, it's right up there. I don't know that I would put anything ahead of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it really does depend upon who they if they draft. They haven't drafted a receiver high in quite some time. We'll see if they do it this year. It's a really good group, as I mentioned at receiver. So, yeah, I think it's tough. I think it's absolutely tough, particularly when you talk about we've got, you know, the but look at what they're paying the quarterback and and all. Okay, so there's. It, it it makes you make some tough decisions. And so, uh, but, I, but I think being able to pay those guys a ton of money, we saw Buffalo do it with their quarterback and their receiver. It's tough to do. And if you do it, you're going to be bereft at some other spots on your roster. But I think that's a huge loss, particularly for a team that's in a win-now mode, that's in a year-to-year mode with Aaron Rodgers. You talked about this a few moments ago, particularly at the offensive tackle position, but how many offensive linemen do you think we'll hear called in the top 10 picks? At the one of NC State, Evan Neal of Alabama, um, I think you're going to see um, uh, Charles Cross of Mississippi State. I think, at, I, you know, I think those are your top 10. I think beyond that, I think you're going to have um, a guy, Trevor Penning, who a lot of people I like a lot out of Northern Iowa, but some may have him a little higher. He and Kenyon Green of A&M, I think all those guys are first round, will go in the first round. Uh, I've got five with first round grades, but I think you'll see seven to eight, seven to nine go in the first round because I only got 22 first round grades, which is, by the way, very high, mm-hmm. a high number because that's for the whole league. Um so you're going to have a high, little high of those second-round guys, Zion Johnson of Boston College. Guys like that will end up going in the first round just based on pure numbers. There's so much talk about 
the the combine and is it a necessary evil? Is it made for TV? Blah, blah, blah. You're very affiliated with it. You're very close with it. What do you personally get out of being at the Combine every year in Indianapolis? Well, honestly, not as much as I used to, and I don't want to sound, you know, the old man off my lawn type, but it's, you know, I was around when we started the Combine. It, it was closed, and we got a lot of work done. Um I get it. It's all marketing. It's all made for TV, and it's a. It's not as functional as it used to be. Uh, we had one or two teams. Well, we had one team. The Rams didn't send anybody. They didn't go. Um, but here's the most important thing everybody needs to know about the combine. It is ninety percent about medicals. So if we never do anything but just take them up there and do medicals and leave, that's. That is that is ninety percent of what we do it for. That's how we started. I think the workouts are becoming less valuable, but I think that spending time interviewing these players, getting to them, uh, I think getting the medicals that in and of itself it's worth it. The workouts, what you get out of the workouts, it's just extra. It's just gravy uh, on top of it, quite frankly. All right, just to be selfish here, I got to ask you about the Giants. You know, at five and seven, they need tackle, they need an edge rusher. They should be able to fit their needs with both those picks, correct? Uh, I do. I think that that is definitely the case. I probably think there may be greater value as an edge rusher um, because I do think both uh, Ekowanu and Neil will be gone. Um, and I think while I like the next group of guys, I like at, at tackle. I like the edge rushers a little bit better. So we'll we'll see where it goes. Now, I will say one of the first-round grades I had was on David Achabo of Michigan, who unfortunately mm. uh, suffered an injury at uh, his workouts at his pro day. So we'll see how that affects him. But I think they'll, they're in good shape to get a good player there. So hopefully for their sake and for your sake, they get it yep. right. Final thing, you mentioned the pro day. How valuable are, are those to NFL scouts and personnel? Here's what's valuable about it, Grant. Um, your coaches will go in. You got the Georgia Pro Day. Let me just throw that out. Mm-hmm. Every Pro Day is the same. You go in, your coaches. You go in the day before. You meet with the players. So you sit there and you can take a Trevon Walker or a Jordan Davis or Quay Walker out to dinner and get to know them, talk football with them, look at film with them. You can get real more time than you can at the combine with them. So you can do that. Then the workouts are, well, they're useful if they haven't worked out at the combine. You can get a good feel for movements, but it's more of what you can get to talk to the players. And here's the other thing you can do. Most of these coaches in the NFL will know at least somebody on the coaching staff in college. So they can go in a room and sit there and say, Grant, uh, you've been around Trevon Walker for three years. You've coached him or you coached against him. Tell me about him. And then you, because of your relationship, they'll shoot you straight. Is there anything they need to know? That So I think that's really valuable and something that you can get out of, and that's why we do it. The workouts itself and what the numbers are, those are not – those are the things that are talked about. And while important, they're not nearly as important as the things that I just mentioned that happen behind the scenes. For the folks out there that don't have LandryFootball.com that are big football people, what are they missing? 
Well, we take you inside the game of football, college, pro football, from a coaching and scouting perspective. So if it's understanding high school recruiting into college, understanding how to evaluate college players, understanding how to evaluate players, teams, coaches, schemes on the college and NFL level, uh, if it's understanding of coaching searches, all things that we're involved in from Landry Football Operations Consulting Firm, we provide a lot of that information and insight to LandryFootball.com. It's like having your own, um, you know, uh, scouting and coaching department for less than a magazine subscription. So if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. And we encourage everybody to check us out, check out our podcast, see what we do. But obviously, uh, we've got a scouting season sale, which is the best rate we have. You can try it out for a month, mm-hmm. three months. For a year, you can get the best rate we have on our scouting sale. So, Check it out today. Again, if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com. Chris, you're very uh, gracious with your time. It's always great catching up with you. I know it's a very busy time of the year getting ready for the NFL draft, and I I can't thank you enough for coming on the podcast. Always a pleasure to be on with you, Grant. Thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Hey, folks, I want to talk to you about Z-Biotics. Let's face it, after a night with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. I've got to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. That is until I found Z-Biotics. Z-Biotics pre-alcohol probiotic drink is the world's first genetically engineered probiotic. It was invented by PhD scientists to tackle rough mornings after drinking. Here's how it works. When you drink, alcohol gets converted into a toxic byproduct in the gut. It's this byproduct, not dehydration, that's to blame for your rough next day. Zbiotics produces an enzyme to break this byproduct down. Just remember to make Zbiotics your first drink of the night. Drink responsibly, and you'll feel your best tomorrow. And again, I was a bit on the fence about Zbiotics initially, but then I was at a birthday party. Uh, my buddy and his wife had rented out a restaurant, and I had a couple of drinks, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot tonight. And you know what, folks? Believe me, it is the real deal. Vacations, weddings, birthdays, reunions. Hey, there's so much going on, right? Get the most out of your spring plans by stocking up on pre-alcohol now. Go to zbiotics.com slash grant to get 15% off your first order when you use grant at checkout. Zbiotics is back with 100% money back guarantee. So if you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Remember, go to zbiotics.com slash grant. Use the code grant at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, let's get to our Crowd Ultra QA. Just go to crowdultra.com and maybe I'll answer your question here on my next podcast. Nick wants to know who are my picks for NBA MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man, and Most Improved Player. Nick, just because of the time, I'm going to give my MVP again to Giannis Adetokounmpo, and I'm going to give my Coach of the Year to Monty Williams. All right? Those are my two picks right there. Christian wants to know, what's your take on the MLB extending Trevor Bowers' leave? I was a little surprised, Christian. 
I was a little surprised by that. I think it's been extended to next week. All right, we'll see what happens after that. But I was a little bit surprised. Tim asked, what percentage of the NBA are doing PEDs without getting caught? Tim, I would have no way of knowing that. Trevor wants to know what sport has the worst refs. Well, I don't think the term worst should be used here. Regardless of how you feel, the officials in pro sports are the best in their profession. I would say, though, all right, let's change the word from worst to inconsistent. What sport has the most inconsistent refs? I would say the NFL has the most inconsistent officiating, particularly when it comes to illegal contact and things of that nature. Jimbo wants to know, do I believe Frank Vogel is at fault for the Lakers' struggles this past season? No, Jimbo, I do not. I do not blame Mr. Vogel. He's the same coach, right, Jimbo, that won a championship with this team two years ago, or is that a different Frank Vogel? I was just wondering, just wondering about that. Keith wants to know, are you going to watch the USFL? I will not. I have no interest in it at all, and it won't be around that much longer. And, you know, again, I don't see a football league other than college football or the NFL really working. Tony wants to know, do you agree with Mario Hazonia saying the NBA is more a show than the game itself? You know what, Tony? Mario's got a good point there. I think over the last couple of years, it has turned into more of a show than the game itself. I wouldn't disagree with that. Blake wants to know, would you have pulled Kershaw after seven perfect innings? I would not have, but again, I don't have all the medical information, the trainers, everything else that goes into a decision like that. But on 80 pitches, no. Now, if he had been up to 100 pitches after seven, yeah, but not after 80. I would not. Bryce wants to know, what's the likelihood that the Warriors win the title? I don't see it happening, Bryce. I think it's going to be very difficult to beat the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Good news is Curry looks like he's going to be good to go, but he not only needs to be good to go, Bryce, he needs to be close to 100% for that to happen. Josh wants to know, was it a good choice for the Raiders to extend Derek Carr? Yeah, I really believe that was a very good choice. I think Derek Carr deserved it. He earned it. And now with Devontae Adams and Waller as his tight end and the rest of that offense, they should be able to put up a lot of points this year. They really should. Cody wants to know, would you rather encounter a bear in the woods or a shark in the ocean? Cody, you have way too much time on your hand. Joe wants to know, best coaching fit for the Kings? Probably Vivek Ranadive, because then he won't be able to second-guess the coach. Uh, Zach wants to know, should Luca be in the discussion for MVP? Mm, he's in the – you said discussion. Yeah, he's not going to win it. But, yeah, you could talk about Luca in that vein. Absolutely. Don't forget, just go to CrowdUltra.com. Maybe I'll answer your question on my next podcast. It's time for And today's rant is brought to you by the Home Theater Company, audio, video, and home theater. Just go online, hometheatercompany.com. How many times have I talked about this in the last just month, all right? An NBA player getting fined, in this case, $30,000 for egregious use of profanity. I'm talking about the Timberwolves' Patrick Beverly, who was celebrating after the play-in tournament game, a seven-seed beating an eight-seed like he had won the NBA championship. His language at the end of the game was unprofessional, it was uncalled for, and it went beyond just being excited. Again, I just don't understand where the commissioner is here. Where is the commissioner? Where is Adam Silver? I've given you so many examples of this type of behavior that's gone on and on and on, and these players get fined $15,000, dollars $50,000, and it doesn't 
do anything. It's not a deterrent because they make so much money. A $25,000 fine, or in this case, a $30,000 fine, means nothing to these guys. And again, I never hear the commissioner come out and admonish these guys. I really don't. You know, we talked about Nurkic of the Portland Trailblazers grabbing a fan's phone and tossing it. We got Kevin Durant telling a fan, you just got to, you know, sit the F down and shut up. I mean, what's wrong with the NBA and the players? You know, are they tone deaf to what the hell is going on? I mean, Patrick Beverly, he won a play-in game. A play-in game as the seventh seed. And I'm okay with getting excited and celebrating. I talked about this on Listen App the other day. I'm okay with that. But, I mean, you went overboard. Absolutely ridiculous overboard. And so the NBA finds them 30 grand. 30 grand. That's like you and me taking a dollar out of our pocket for Patrick Beverly. Again, I just think it's a bad look for the league. And it just, I want to know where the commissioner is. I want to know where Adam Silver is. Adam Silver, would you please come out and talk about the behavior of some of the players in your league? It's a bad, bad look. And that's my rant for today. And that is my podcast for today. Hey, hope you have a fabulous weekend. Enjoy the holiday. And we will talk to you next week. Don't forget, listen up Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock Pacific. Again, thank you so much. And don't forget, Monday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, I will be with Larry Kruger on his YouTube live channel. That's 10 a.m. Monday Pacific time. Check it out. So long, everybody. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply